0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. It felt like only a matter of time before we'd begin to hear allegations of dirty tricks in the lead-up to the referendum. This week, leaked documents and warped headlines have exposed the tactics that are being used to push the no vote. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on how the strategies to reject the voice are reverberating through the halls of power. It's Friday, September 15. Paul, there's been a lot of controversy about the no campaigns tactics this week. Can you tell me a bit about what's happened?
1: Well, Ange, the No Campaign's tactics have been to use fear and doubt rather than facts, and there's evidence this is exactly what they know they're about. On Tuesday, nine newspapers, The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald, reported that they'd obtained an online training session for No Campaign volunteers. Run by former Liberal staffer Chris Inglis, the No Campaign training prizes emotion over facts. This is the difference between facts and figures or the divisive voice, Inglis tells the No Campaign trainees. Chris Inglis, the national campaigning chief for the No Activist group Advance, detailed the anti-voice movement strategy. He instructed No Campaign volunteers not to honestly identify themselves up front as No Campaigners when calling households. And these households, by the way, have been picked by computer to be soft voters or more inclined to be no voters. That feeling of uncertainty,
2: of fear or doubt, that stays. That lasts for a very, very long time. I'm going to hammer in a lot of this emotive language. There you have
1: it, from the horse's mouth. It's about instilling fear and it's about sowing the seeds of doubt. Uh, volunteers were told the No Camp's job was to make people suspicious of The Voice and its supporters. Inglis gave them misinformation to raise as talking points, things like reparations that Australians will have to pay, billions of dollars worth, that Australia Day might change, that there'd be separate laws and separate economies in the nation if The Voice were to succeed. Uh, Englis said, when reason and emotion collide... A motion always wins, always wins. That's a direct quote. This drew a furious response from the Labor government and the Yes campaign.
0: Yeah, right. And so, why did this spill into Parliament then?
1: Well, the group that's doing the training, uh, they're actually the organisation behind the leading No campaign, Fair Australia. And that's directly aligned with the Coalition's shadow minister for Indigenous Australians, Senator Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price. And in Canberra, the government hit out at the no campaign and in turn the opposition, accusing Peter Dutton of being the leader of a, quote, misinformation and disinformation campaign.
2: Page one of the Herald and the Aids Today reported the no campaign strategy... A deliberate strategy of promoting fear, fear, fear over fact. No cause. Urge to use fear over fact. And that is what we are seeing.
1: Albanese in Question Time on Tuesday said, there they are telling their campaigners to promote fear rather than hope, promote division rather than unity.
2: Division rather than unity. To promote the entrenching of values rather than the better future. To promote ignoring rather than listening. To promote exclusion rather than recognition.
1: And Treasurer Jim Chalmers in Parliament sheeted home the blame to Dutton. Thank you Mr Speaker. One of the consequences of the Leader of the Opposition's policy for two referendums, not one, is that this will drag out for as long as possible so the Leader of the Opposition can drip more poison into the well, Mr Speaker. And that's how he seeks to divide and diminish this country and reap a political dividend from that. Yeah. Well, this caused furor on the opposition benches and the Speaker asked him to withdraw to assist the Parliament, as the quaint way the Speaker put it. However, the sentiment was clearly now on the record.
0: So... Things are getting more heated as we get closer to the referendum and as the polls look worse and worse for the Yes campaign. Can you tell me a bit more about what we're actually seeing in the polls?
1: Well, Angie, the polls show the Yes campaign is struggling and support is slowly but it would seem surely eroding. The latest Resolve poll shows only 35% of voters support The Voice and 49% oppose it with another 16% undecided. Uh, Cos Samaras of Redbridge Polling, he believes all the polls, including his own in the first week of the campaign, suggest the Yes campaign has reached the point of no return. Well, Labour's National Secretary Paul Erickson's got another take on this. He told the Labor caucus on Tuesday that the party's research found 30% of voters that's about 5 million people, were still in play. But Angie the No Campaign's focus group research has found that the simple message that's resonating is that the voice is divisive. And, of course, they're helping it to be divisive by making sure that they campaign insisting that the voice is divisive. It's a vicious circle. This week, uh, No Advocates went further in pushing this message. Twisting the words of Yes advocate Marcia Langton, uh, with a distorted front page lead in The Australian, misreporting her, saying that Langton thinks no voters were racist and stupid. Only last week, Langton had been trying to set the record straight around a lot of the misinformation and falsehoods being spread by the No campaign when she was at the National Press Club warning the media to do better in its reporting and not to spread lies. Well, this week, she's been the centre of false and misleading reporting. Langton was speaking at a referendum event on Sunday at Bunbury in Western Australia. Uh, She said, and correctly, it's fair to say...
2: Every time the no case raises one of their arguments, if you start pulling it apart, you get down to base racism. I'm sorry to say it, but that's where it lands. Or...
1: Just sheer stupidity. Well, News Corp, in its papers and on Sky News, tried to claim that she was calling no voters racist and stupid. There is a real distinction there. So, as you can see, there are racist, racist, racist everywhere in Langton's angry gaze. All those voters, all those liberals, all those no-campaigners, don't forget the social workers and the police...
2: Racists and stupid people. Opposition leader Peter Dutton uh, is still saying, it seems, on social media, on Instagram, for instance, that you have branded no voters as racist and stupid. It's basically-
1: and Marcia Langton told RN Breakfast on Wednesday morning she's pursuing legal action over the way her comments have been framed.
2: By the end of the day yesterday, the article had been rewritten three times. The headline had been changed three times. And today I will have to go to a lawyer and ask uh, a lawyer to write to Peter Dutton, requesting that he remove this post from his Instagram because it is absolutely not true. I deny it absolutely, and as you say, there is a recording of what
1: I said at the Bunbury... The strident Langton Pylon, you know, with the full force of News Corp and its many platforms in print and uh, online, amplified, it has to be said, by the opposition in Parliament will, as Langton herself has warned, take a long time for Australians to recover from the viciousness of this campaign.
0: Coming up, did the pressure of the referendum force Anthony Albanese into a deal on housing? So, Paul, clearly if this trend continues, the yes vote and the campaign itself doesn't look like it's in very good shape. How is that reflecting on the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese? Well, I guess
1: it's a bit hard to say at this point of time. uh, Peter Dutton certainly hopes that his opposition to the proposal, the referendum that was put forward by Albanese at the request of Aboriginal Australians well, it's a way to inflict a loss on the Prime Minister. Even some of Dutton's own backbench see this as a key motivation behind uh, Dutton's decision to oppose the voice. You know, it's much easier to hand a defeat to Albanese in a referendum uh, than in a general election. Mathematically, the No campaign has to convince far fewer Australians to reject the referendum than the Yes campaign to win it. No needs only three states to go its way to deny the double majority of the popular vote and four states. But one of Labor's more astute power brokers from the past, Graham Richardson, well, he believes if the referendum goes down, the damage to Albanese will be minimal. Uh, he says a vast majority of Australians don't see they have much, if any, skin in the game. And Kos says his polling finds exactly that, especially in the outer suburbs. And many resent that the focus isn't on their struggle making ends meet, especially if they have escalating rents or mortgage repayments. And, you may have noticed that this week Albanese astutely secured a deal that goes directly to those voters' concerns.
0: Yeah, and while there was all that news on The Voice this week, the government did pass some major legislation, its key housing bill. Can you tell me a bit more about that?
1: Well, Albanese is clearly alert to the toll uh, that the issue of housing affordability and supply restraints could have on his government uh, if they're seen to be left unaddressed. At the end of last week, he was overseas meeting foreign leaders, but when he was flying home, housing was top of mind. As his plane landed back in Canberra at 9.30am on Monday, his negotiations with the Greens over his $10 billion Housing Australia Future Fund well, they were still up in the air. The Prime Minister was briefed that the Greens were not budging from their demand for another billion dollars for immediate and direct spending on public and community housing. One Green senator told me he was driven to get a deal. Well, Bant and Max chandler mather the Greens' housing spokesman, they went to the PM's office to shake hands on the deal and a measure of Albanese's relief and gratitude was the precedence given to Ban in Parliament that afternoon in question time. He got the first question normally reserved for the government side.
2: Give the call to the leader of the Australian Greens. Thank you, Speaker. My question is to the Prime Minister. Can the Prime Minister update...
1: The Greens leader Julie asked the Prime Minister to update the House on the additional funding for social housing, agreed to win the Greens support so the half could pass the Senate this week.
2: Thanks, Mr Speaker. I thank the Leader of the Greens for his question. And I am indeed very pleased that the Housing Australia Future Fund now has majority support in the Senate.
1: Well, Albanese thanked Bant, quote, for the constructive discussions that we've had.
0: Paul, I guess it seems like the tone of the political debate and the media reporting at the moment, the message about This housing deal might kind of struggle to cut through. It might get lost. Is this the government's biggest challenge right now?
1: Well, Nationals uh, leader David Littleproud, he got it right when he told the Joint parties room on Tuesday for the next five weeks the referendum is the only game in town. And there's no doubt the Yes campaign does want politics to take a backseat from here on in and to really emphasise that the voice has come from Indigenous people and that it has a majority support from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders. And uh, the Yes campaign is engaging in a media blitz and events around the country this weekend. Privately, however, there's been more than a few Yes campaigners now seriously considering the ramifications of a failed referendum. Ange, the stakes couldn't be higher, Uh, not so much for Albanese or Dutton, but, in my opinion, for how we see ourselves as a nation.
0: Paul, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Ange. Bye.
2: Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen.
0: Also in the news today, Sydney had the world's third most polluted air yesterday – A haze of smoke continued to hang over the city from hazard reduction burns that have been underway to try and prepare for severe fire conditions anticipated this summer. And the government has refused to release an intelligence report into the threat climate change poses to our national security, despite a push to do so by the crossbench. Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen said in Parliament yesterday that no Australian government has released a national security report like this ever and the Labor government was acting within that precedent. 7am is a daily show from The Monthly and The Saturday Paper. It's produced by Kara Jensen-McKinnon, Zoltan Fetcho, Shane Anderson, Yo Chung and Sam Loy. Our senior producer is Chris Dengate. Our technical producer is Atticus Bastow. Our editor is Scott Mitchell. Sarah McVie is our head of audio. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Mixing by Andy Elston, Travis Evans and Atticus Bastow. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. I'm Ange McCormack. This is 7am. We'll be back again next week.